Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's head out to Paris, Texas. Stephen, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. First of all, thanks for taking my call. You bet. My pleasure. I I have a home that I we just moved to Paris about three years ago, and it had old Berber carpet in the um, low, the first floor, which is all concrete. Uh-huh. And I pulled the Berber carpet out, and um, part of the part of the first floor was already stained. And um, I acid washed it, uh, you know, etched it, I guess you might say, and then I, I stained it again to kind of as close as I could match the original uh, concrete. But after living there a few springs and winters and summers, I'm beginning to believe they did not use a vapor, uh, vapor barrier underneath the uh, slab when they when they poured it, because I get a lot of sweating, uh, especially where the little dog sleeps at night. You get up in the morning, uh, uh-huh. it's wet under her pad. So okay. I want to I want to eventually put a um, floating wood floor down. Uh, I like to seal that though before I do that. What is the best way to seal that to stop a uh, the, the, the moisture from coming through that floor. Well, they make a regular concrete sealer that you can put down under the floors before you put them in. And then if you use right. a floating floor on top of that, you would put the mats down that, you know, the, the sound mats uh, that right, yeah. would seal as well. But uh, those the concrete sealers, they're just rolled on with a roller. Okay. Is there any special product to do that with? I mean, do I, do I need to... Because I've stained that cement, do I need to try to get that stain back up, or I can I can seal through that? You should be able to just seal right over it. Uh, okay, now, that's what but I, that that's, that's if it's did. just a stain. Did you put a sealer over that? Well, I I stained it and I waited. To, I don't remember the time, and I and I did put a seal on it. Okay, uh, which was recommended by that. But now that's been three years now. Yeah, uh, some of that some of that stain. Some of that floor is even flaking a little bit here and there. Okay. Um, Any place where the sealer is still intact, whatever sealer you okay. put on top's not going to penetrate down, but it's already got a sealer on it. So uh, okay. you, you'll be fine once you put the other mat down over it. So uh, so just that vapor or the sound barrier mat that you, that you can buy to put under there, that would be a good enough seal? I was worried about it sweating under that. No, you should be fine with that. Okay, and that was my biggest issue because I didn't know if I needed to kind of go in there and um, sand a little bit and 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 then re, nah. re- nah, the, the whole reason like the whole reason you're getting that sweating is just the drastic temperature changes, and then like when something is sitting on it, it's not getting the the full uh, effect of the air conditioner system dehumidifying. But once you put right, the exactly. once you put the uh, plastic vapor barrier down and such uh, you're changing the whole makeup and everything is going to be consistent across the floor so you'll be fine okay well good I, I, I was thinking about doing that but I wasn't sure I wanted to make sure I didn't have a wedding problem under that no Thank problem you, you bet take care is it Aaron or it would it would be Erlene Erlene I'm sorry that's okay how can I help Hi. you I have a flooring problem. I had bamboo flooring installed in the downstairs, about 900 square foot, 
and I just left that particular house. I hadn't been there in a couple of weeks, and it buckled up about three inches up in two or three different locations. And therefore, I have no idea what the installers did. Any suggestions? Yes, ma'am. I, I can pretty much tell you what they did. Uh, the bamboo flooring, in fact, most wood floors, require a space all the way around. And if you don't leave enough space, because that floor will expand and contract, when it expands, it hits the edges, and it will buckle it up. Gotcha. Well, they left about a half an inch all the way around, and I guess that wasn't enough. Is that what you're telling me? It should have been, but somewhere I bet they didn't get that half inch. Oh, my gosh. All and right. It, Could it, it have been when they put the uh, quarter round and the molding back on, if they put that too tight? Would that yep. have done it? If if they pushed it down where they got some of it down under the, on the edge of it and stuff, absolutely. Okay. So the did, only had they, Did they take the baseboard out? Yes, sir. The baseboard was out, and then yep. after the floor was laid, they put the baseboard back on, and um, and it, uh, since it's it's not wood, it'll be destroyed when we pull it all back up. Yep, and I will bet you money that that baseboard is probably thinner than the half inch they left, and they got some of it down too low. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so sad. So, therefore, that would be whose fault? The guy that laid the floor? Yep. Is, it's... I expect him to... All right. Well, thank yeah. you very and, much. And, and understand, the fix with those type of floors usually isn't that bad. They're going to have, they will have to, you know, take baseboards off and stuff probably. Find out where it's hitting, mm -hmm. and then they end up pulling the floor up and relaying it. But a lot of times they can reuse what's there. Unfortunately, they undercut a big section for a stone fireplace. And oh. so it's a circular fireplace, so that means... A lot of it will go to waste. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, was it glued together or just nailed? No, it wasn't nailed or glued. It just snaps together. Okay. They they literally should be able to pull it apart and relay it into those same areas and, and, and take care of doing the trimming that needs oh, to be okay. done. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I you really bet. appreciate your show. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Yeah, just... just just for everybody listening, just because a floor buckles like that, if they didn't cup, they didn't get wet and all that stuff, a lot of times, especially if it's just a snap together, it can come back apart and be relayed again. It is tedious work, but it can be done. And if they don't get that proper spacing around the edges, this is what happens. It's critical that you follow the... The instructions and keep that space and what a lot of times happens like she just threw a key thing in there that circular fireplace real easy to get too close on it uh, if you've got a doorway a lot of times we get too tight on those different spots like that and it only takes a spot here and a spot there and the floor starts to buckle Gary welcome to Texas Home Improvement yes uh I live on Lake Conroe, and I, I, there, I live in a little area where there are 12 houses, and we have two water wells that service all of the, the houses, so we have a common water line, but it is two water wells. Okay. And um, I, the water is pretty hard. It's 14 grains of hardness. Ooh. And um, are any of the non uh, salt 
processes for for softening. It actually it's not doesn't soften the water, but it takes the hardness out of the water. Are any of those do they really work, or do you have to go to a salt system uh, to get rid of the hardness in the water? You are typically going to have to go to the soft system, and it's really not the salt isn't what uh, does it. Uh, it's the beads that the water runs through that does it, and the salt solution is used to clean those beads periodically. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of times people think that the the water's running through the salt, and they don't want that heavy salt content in their in their uh, water lines and stuff. But it, it the salt content, you just you're not even going to know that it's there. Uh, because, like I said, it's that's strictly to flush the the beads when they've pulled so much hardness or mineral deposits and such out of the out of the water. Well, I have a sep- I have septic systems and the the old style septic systems, and so I, yeah. I, I felt like that it's having the the heavier salt content going in there is not. You know, I'm not sure whether it's how bad it is for it or not. Well, it it's not so bad for the system as much as it is for the microbes that are in the system and for the grass out there. Uh, you know, it, eventually, eventually the salt content will build up and can become a problem for keeping things growing above it. Okay. Uh, they do make systems, though, that use very, very little salt nowadays. Uh, take a look. At, I've, I just put one in my house a couple weeks ago from Brita, okay. and it and I have a a uh, an aerobic system at my house, and uh-huh. so I was I was looking for one that used very little salt content as well, because I'm literally sprinkling it out on my grass. Uh, yeah. And so take a look at that Brita system because it it does two things. One it they come out and they test the water first, and then they can determine what they need to do to fil- filter the water, and and what they got to set the dials at for the water softener, uh, and that minimizes the amount of salt content that you end up with. Let's head over to Meyerland and John. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, how are you? Doing wonderful. How about you? Oh, I'm not bad. Not bad. Uh... I had a question. Uh, I basically inherited my brother's house. It flooded for the first time, and uh, Harvey Storm uh, took on about two feet of water. Uh, we have not remodeled, have not done anything with it yet. I have reached out to a couple of these uh, house lifters. Okay. And... I I have not had them out yet. I will have them out uh, in the next week. Uh, some of these guys talked about slab separation and then slab elevation. And the the house has not been remodeled. The sheetrock's been cut up about four feet. And I just wanted to know your opinion uh, about the differences between slab separation and slab okay. elevation. And if if you had a preference for one or there was advantages or if you had well, an opinion about that. I do. And uh, just to tell you up front, I do slab elevations and have been doing them since 1989. Oh. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, 
I prefer to do them that way, and I'm, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, the first one I did back in 1989, I was doing down on Taylor Lake, and we were picking up the slab itself, nine and a half feet, and the 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 house next door to us, they decided to leave the slab down and pick up the structure and put a new floor under it, and that's the difference between the two systems. Well, they started three weeks before us, and we both uh, we started our job on actually uh, Halloween. We raised that house and had the homeowner back in it before Christmas, and lifted it nine and a half feet. Well, let me ask you something. Why would the neighbors have gone with the other option? I mean, was it a a, a savings deal? Because back in 1989, nobody had fl- lifted a slab like that before. Ah. I mean, it, it that was something totally new to be done. Uh, and so that was the only way they could figure out how to do it. Typically, nowadays, you raise the slab because the whole structure comes up, the flooring is there, everything is done. When you raise just the frame of the house, now you got to build all new floors and structure underneath the house. And you still got to go through all the same as far as building, you know, breakaway walls, putting in the plumbing, all the stuff that you would you're not really saving anything. So it sounds like it's a lot more uh, involved with the uh, slab separation, you're saying? Yes. The fact that you're picking up the whole house, you're not having to make modifications to the flooring system or uh, walls. Uh, Of course, you're going to have modifications to the plumbing. You never get away from that. Uh, But it's all accessible once you lift it, yeah. Okay, and then so, uh, you know the the other thing is some companies will come are, are going to come out and tell you that uh, you know once they lift it is is the garage attached or detached? It is attached, and that was and, another issue they brought yeah, up. They a lot of them will yeah. tell you that you either got to build that garage in or cut it off and leave the garage down. And I'm in the process right now uh, on the last house raising we did of building a ramp up into the house. You don't have to give up the garage just because you raise it. You raise the garage and everything, and we're basically building like a bridge to go into the house because the permit requirements are that you can't displace the water. So you can't put any dirt under them. You can't put any dirt under the driveway, but with steel... Uh, galvanized steel beams and such we're able to build it where you can still drive up into the garage and now your car is protected when the floods happen again uh, okay so if i'm gonna I understand you because i'd heard talk to someone else they said well you can't ramp a driveway and you Houston. can you can and other people are saying no you can't and that's a real well you can't do it with dirt point. yeah you cannot do it with dirt and and uh I was looking at it, and I said, yeah, I can get you up in there. And so I had the engineers design the beam structures that I needed. And so we build it with steel and then put concrete on top so you still got a regular concrete driveway, but the water can go underneath so we're not displacing any water. Ah, I got you. So what you're saying, you can't displace the – yeah, I see what you're saying. It'd be kind of like uh... – you had a bowl of water, and you put something in there, and it's going to overflow. You wouldn't want yep. to push it into your neighbors. Or... Exactly. I got you. And okay. right now, as far as I haven't, nobody else has been able to make the driveways like that. Uh, 
not, not to say that people aren't going to be copycatting it before long, but right now, yeah, no, yeah. I, I haven't. You know, there there are a number of ifs going on in Maryland, as you well know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think probably architecture is one of the, uh, I guess, most popular. Well, the biggest thing you have to watch on these on these house lifts is the piers that they're using to support them. The, the unfortunate thing is a lot of these companies are coming from out of state and they don't understand our soils and how we got to go deep down into them because of, of the expansiveness. And they they go shallow, and yes, they're, they're able to lift the house, but it's going to be moving later. you got to get deep down into the ground to support it. I got you. Yeah, I've always heard that about this stuff. Well, yeah. I hear the music going, so I guess... Yep. John, time, give, my off, give my office at Due West a call. I'd be more than happy to come out and meet with you and take a look at that. That'd be great. And, uh, you know, I guess your recommendation is uh, that makes sense with the slab elevation. I really appreciate it, man. You bet. Uh, I love your show. Thank you, sir. Let's head to Tomball, Texas. Hello, Ken. Hello. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Great. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Yeah, wanted to ask you, uh, was looking at replacing a driveway, and uh, we've got some very mature trees that have uh, roots growing under the driveway. They're not damaging the driveway, but uh, I'm concerned about new concrete that may damage the trees. You think okay. that would damage trees? It is very notorious for new concrete to damage trees. Now, to solve that problem, though, cut the tree yeah. roots, cut the tree roots away from the concrete. You know, root barriers are installed for trees all the time, and it doesn't hurt the trees at all. The problem with the concrete is, it, it, when the tree roots get that concrete on them, it's absorbing the the chemicals, I for lack of a right. better word, out of the the concrete, and that's what ruins them. So, if you'll just cut the the roots before they're going under the driveway, your tree will be fine. I think if that's not practical is because uh, I'm in a very sandy soil, so the it doesn't create a problem for the concrete. Uh, for but I've got a lot of roots under that uh, under that yeah, concrete. But, th- but um, you only need to cut the surface ones. The ones that are I deeper do. down won't matter. And that's the reason I say it, it will not hurt that tree at all. And that music okay. means I've got to let you go. So uh, oh. we'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. This is one I'm getting a lot right now. Water on the floor with rain. When it rains a certain way, the floor at my entryway gets wet. I have noticed it comes from the middle of the floor under the linoleum, not from the edges or corner. I picked up some of the linoleum but not all, to see if there are cracks. How can I fix that? This comes from Jennifer and Rocheron. Well, Jennifer, your your fix is not going to be messing with the cracks because it's more than likely moisture that's coming actually through the concrete itself, and your fix is actually going to be dealing with the drainage. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't have water standing around my house. Well, you may not. But the only way you're getting water that's coming up that way is to have a drainage issue. And it it can be subsurface water where moisture soaks through the top layers because uh, and gets down into a hard layer. And in a lot of neighborhoods, they put fill in on top. 
And the fill is usually more sandy, a little bit of clay in it. You get down to the black gumbo clay, and it's almost like a seal. There you can you it's a slickened finish where the two different soils meet. So when water comes down, it can hit that slickened finish and run up underneath the house subsurface. That would be a spot where a French drain would work. French drains are to capture subsurface water. Now in most cases, it actually is water sitting on the surface, and you can deal with that with just you know regrading the soil or in some cases you got to put catch basins to catch the water and, and take it away. But nonetheless, if you've got moisture coming up through the concrete and it's only happening when it rains, that's a moisture issue. That's a water issue that must be drained, taken care of. And like I said, it's just going to be plain a drain issue. Get somebody out to take a look at it. Obviously, I want to let you know up front, Due West would be more than happy to look at it. We do a lot of drainage work and uh, can definitely take care of that for you. If you want to call Due West, it's 1-800-457-2966, and I give the number that way because we're on them both markets, and you can get your questions, whether you're in Houston or Dallas, you can get your drainage taken care of that way. We'll get you to the right people. Uh, secondary, if it happens when it's not raining, now it can be some other things, if it's happening other times other than when it's raining. But yours was specific. This is happening when it's raining. But if you have moisture coming up when it's not raining, it can be broken drain pipes, the sewer pipes that are broken. If you're in the Dallas area, the water lines are typically in the foundation, where in the Houston area, the water lines are typically overhead. And if you get a pinhole in a water line, you can have moisture coming up through the concrete as well. Uh, or again, like I said, the drain lines. But again, yours was very specific. It's only happening when we're getting those heavy rains coming from a certain direction, which indicates to me strictly a drainage issue. Shingles on top of old shingles. And this answer is going to apply to both houses or mobile homes. It really doesn't matter. Matched, manufactured home purchase new by my parents 24 years ago. It's a Palm Harbor. Installer convinced them that it was okay to place the new asphalt shingles on top of the old ones. Jim, can you advise what should be done at this point? What could be the consequences if this is too much weight? Thank you very much for your reply. Okay. I will tell you most Palm Harbor homes are built very much like a regular house nowadays with stick two by four stick construction. So although it is acceptable to go with a second layer on a home, here's the downside to doing that. The shingles don't last as long. They are more likely to blow off when you get windstorms, and they won't take near as big a hail hit as if it was down on straight plywood. And the reason for that is the shingles don't lay flat. So when you go over the top of a shingle that's already not laying flat, now you've got your second layer has some bounce to it, has some give to it. It's not sitting on something solid. So it doesn't take as much abuse as if it was put down onto straight shingle or onto straight plywood. The There's a lot of roofing companies out there who will go and do a two-layer shingle. I personally do not like it. And as much as possible, I advise people don't do it. 
you are doubling the weight and for a regular three tab shingle you're typically looking around 220 pounds per square which is a 10 foot by 10 foot area and so you double that weight when you go over it and manufactured homes are not built quite as stout as a regular house I don't think you'll have a problem with it uh, but just expect that the shingles are going to be a little bit shorter lifespan as far as what can you do about it now not a thing once it's up there it's too late to to change your mind on it so just just leave it alone just be aware that instead of getting 20 years out of the shingles you'll end up with 12 to 15 but let's face it we typically get hail hit with hail before uh that time frame happens anyway so rodney welcome to texas home improvement how can i help you yes sir how you doing today i'm doing wonderful how about you i'm doing fine thank you sir yes my question is, is that my father has a tree and, and it hangs over his drive his circle drive uh-huh. and the tree is actually sitting and planted in the neighbor's yard and it's an oak tree and it, who's responsible for the cutting other limbs that hangs over on another's property and and we're about to, we're, i need to find out who's responsible they sh- to share the responsibility uh or is my father responsible it, it's kind of a gray area and, and I'll, I'll, t- I'll put it to you this way your dad is allowed to cut the trees straight up on his property line he doesn't have to let any of that tree hang over his property if he doesn't want to True, correct and as far as who's responsible for keeping it trimmed, if the neighbor doesn't want to trim it, he doesn't have to. Because Got you. The tree grows by nature, and he can allow it to continue doing what it wants to do. So anything over on your dad's side, your dad is more than welcome to cut it. Now, most neighbors, if they're if they're any good, are going to keep their trees trimmed and not make this a, a big problem. But it does happen. That explains it. And I want to thank you so much. And this, I'm a first-time caller, and, and thank you so much. Uh, Rodney, my pleasure. And just feel free to call anytime you want. I will do. Thank you, sir. You bet. 214-787-1080. You know, there's a lot of issues with trees on the property lines and stuff. I deal with a lot of times uh, root barriers and uh, tree roots that are causing foundation problems, and people want to you know, try to have the neighbor pay for a foundation problem because the neighbor's tree is causing it. Again, you have the right to put in a root barrier and keep that tree from causing the problem. Once something crosses over onto your property line, you do have the right to keep it trimmed and stuff. Now, does that mean I would go out and saw cut the tree straight up off the property line? No, because I I wouldn't want to be upsetting my neighbors that much, but I would keep it trim to where I don't have to worry about parking my car underneath it and stuff like that. Uh, So it it is one of those areas where it can create good neighbors and it can definitely create bad neighbors. Nancy, welcome to KRLD. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, We are about to start a new home. It's going to be placed in several large oak trees. And I'm wondering about foundation, and do we need y'all to do this root barrier, or 
what do we do about that? <laughs> are you are you having to take trees out in order to put this in? We're trying not to, but some are going to be close to the house. We're going to try to save all the trees we can. Okay. Here's a rule of thumb on root barriers. If the tree is older than the house, you don't ever root barrier it, and you don't ever want the tree to die because the soils, when they dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they expand. Well, trees take a tremendous amount of moisture out of the soil, and so right now your soils are in kind of a shrunken state. If you cut the roots and put in a root barrier, the, the soil starts taking on moisture, and it swells, and it actually lifts the foundation up, uh, causing you an opposite problem that you know most people deal with foundation settlement. You would be dealing with what's called heave with the foundation going up. So, no, you don't want to root barrier those trees. You want to trim them, and you want to take care of those trees so that they survive for years to come. But they're not going to hurt the foundation on future roof growth. They can, but at this point, there's really not an option to do something different. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to talk to you before they started. Before you built this, have they done a soils report yet? Not yet. Have one done because what they may find is that the top, you know, 10 feet is so dry that it has a potential heave of, you know, several inches. And they may tell you uh, we need to put piers on, in this house and keep it suspended above the soil so that if the trees die, the, the house doesn't move at that point. And it is much cheaper to do that now than after the fact. Okay, and what test was it called? It's called a soils report, and it would be okay. a, a geotechnical engineer would come out and drill a borehole and test the soil. Yes, they're going to do that, but they haven't yet. Okay, make sure make sure when they do it that they're doing it where you're going to pour the foundation. Okay. All right. Okay. Nancy, enjoy your new home. Thank you. Bye-bye. Again, 214-787-1080. Then, talking about that soils report, anytime you're going to build a new foundation, you should have a soils report. Because like I said, it, it looks at the soils, what kind of condition they're in right now, and the soils engineer will design or recommend to the design engineer what to do to minimize the risk of having foundation movement. And let's face it, none of us want foundation movement. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.